Officials say 47 children have drowned so far this year in Texas alone. Joining me today is Priyanka Kondal. She's a pediatric ER doctor at University Hospital. Dr. Kondal, thank you so much for being here today again on Pediatrics Now. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. How are things going in the ED? We're definitely seeing that increase in drowning this year, maybe because of all the the extreme heat we've been experiencing, but we have definitely seen more kids who've had drowning incidents this year than previous years. And even at the end of June, had you seen quite a bit more even early in the summer? Yeah, even uh, even earlier in the summer, by the end of June, we had seen as many drownings as the previous entire summer. So it started early and it has not really let up. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, luckily, many of the kids have done okay, um, but we have had some deaths. So what would you like to say to our pediatric practitioner listeners when you know they see so many patients and are dealing with so many different issues in those few moments in the exam room? Yeah, I think uh, we all know that pediatrics is so much of pediatrics is prevention. And uh, I always like to remind parents at this time of year that the summer safety summer safety things such as water safety being so big, especially in Texas where there's so many swimming pools and open water, and uh, it's the number two cause of accidental death in children. So it's something that's worth just spending a couple of minutes reviewing with parents around this time of year when you have your well visits or your sick visits. As we know, we still have a lot of hot weather left in the season. Absolutely. And, you know, an ounce of prevention is all all we need in a lot of these cases. And I think what a lot of parents don't realize is how fast it happens and how quietly it can happen. So just emphasizing to parents that the supervision is so important. Um, A lot of parents, based on watching movies, will think, oh, there's a lot of splashing and gasping for air when, when someone drowns. But really, it tends to be very, very silent. And it just takes two seconds of taking your eyes off of your kid and they can they can go under. So really making sure that parents are aware of the reality of what drowning looks like. With the drownings that you've seen, is there anything in particular that you wanted to mention that happened in that situation? Or is it kind of what you just said? I think the it is ten, it tends to be those uh, quick moments where parents will say, oh, I was with my kid the whole time at the pool and then we were getting out of the pool and I had just taken off his uh, water safety things and I turned around to pack our bag and then he decided to jump back into the pool. It's really important to have your kids, especially your young kids who can't swim within arm's reach when you're in the water and, uh, and really have one adult assigned to every child if there's multiple children because it only takes a second and, and, you don't want to be in that situation. The amount of guilt these parents face is also a lot. And with the extreme heat, do you think people may be flocking to areas of water that may might not be necessarily for swimming or where they wouldn't usually go to, they're not used to? 
Absolutely. Or even just a more crowded area, even if it's a normal swimming pool, it's that much harder to watch your kid or, you know, all of your kids at once when there's a whole bunch of other children and they're running here and there. So really, that's why we ideally like to have one adult per child, especially with the younger kids who can't swim. Um, and then we know that outdoor bodies of water have their own risks, especially we tend to see older kids have problems with lakes and our teenagers, when they are starting to experiment with drinking and partying a little bit, they, they're they the ones who tend to have more bad outcomes related to natural bodies of water. And so always wear also a life jacket. Absolutely. Life jacket on open water. The um, I, I believe the U.S. Coast Guard doesn't recommend life jackets for swimming pools. I think it's only for open water, but absolutely any sort of open water should definitely have life jackets and swim lessons for all the kids who are old enough to do them. And stay away from the floaties we used to wear as children. Yeah, I, I definitely wore arm floaties as a as a kid. Um, but the the thing about arm floaties is they hold a child in a vertical position in the water, and they also give the child a sense of oh, I can float in the water when I jump in. So they're less scared, and they're more likely to jump in not realizing that the reason they're floating is because they've been always been wearing these arm floaties. So it's better to teach a child to swim early and to be within reach of them as opposed to having them wearing their floaties and just running around. And Priyanka, thank you so much for everything you're doing to help children. Is there anything else you want to mention about the extreme heat, what you're seeing? Yeah, the other big thing, especially with how our temperatures have been lately, is uh, children being left in hot cars. And the big thing is, it's not something anyone does on purpose. People don't forget their children in the car on purpose. And anyone can do it. It has nothing to do with being negligent. Any break in the routine can prevent you from checking the back seat. So trying to build something in that makes you check the back seat every time you leave your car, whether that's putting your purse in the back seat, putting your cell phone in the back seat, something that's going to make you turn around and look at your back seat every time you leave the car to make sure you're not leaving your child in the car. Uh, we had a case recently where a child was left in a hot car and it was actually bystanders who noticed and called the police um, and EMS. And luckily the child was totally fine and went home later that day. Um, but definitely having the if you see a child that's not yours in some parking lot, definitely call the police, call for help, break the windows if you have to. It's legal in the state of Texas to help protect children. I, I was driving home from work yesterday. It was around 5.30. And in, in my car, I had the AC on, but on the, it's an electric car, but on the screen, it said 109. So oh I guess gosh, yeah. Right. And, and it doesn't take very long either with these extreme temperatures. It takes no time at all for the um, car temperature to go up and the car gets so much hotter on the inside. It kind of is like an oven. So it, the temperature outside can be a hundred degrees and the temperature inside the car can be 140, 150. Um, and it gets that way very quickly in the sun. Are you seeing any heat exhaustion, heat, heat stroke cases? We've seen some of that, especially kids who are playing sports and things like that, not staying hydrated enough. Um, I think, I don't think we're seeing significantly more of that this year than other years, 
but it's definitely something to be aware of to stay hydrated, to watch your temperature, and, and especially our teenagers who are playing their summer sports to be aware of their their body telling them you need to take a break because a lot of our young athletes who want to make a good impression will kind of ignore some of those signs and come in having collapsed. I know, should we really be exercising outdoors if it's above what 95 degrees or is there a threshold <laughs> triple digits? I don't know if there's an official threshold but I definitely think that you have to know your limits and and ideally go out early in the morning if you must be outside because that's really the only time of day right now that even going for a short walk is tolerable right now. I I hear you. Priyanka, we'd like to focus also a bit on pediatrics now in this high stress, high burnout career. What do you like to do in your spare time? Can you tell us some of the fun things you like to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I live pretty close to a farmer's market downtown, so we've been trying to go every weekend. Although I will say that it's it's a short walk and it's a very hot walk right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get some time outside and uh, and definitely um, one for relaxing by the pool with a book, um, but right now in the shade because it's just way too hot. And there's lots of vegetables and fruits that still grow in this extreme heat, right? At the farmer's market, you can get locally. Yeah, and we're trying to grow some of our own, but I think we're we're not staying on top of the watering. I think the, the vegetables need to be watered twice a day right now. Yes, I have basil growing. Not the biggest our, achievement in the world, but hey, it's thriving. <laughs> our basil's doing okay, and our tomatoes are a little bit scorched, but they're doing okay. I think a lot of our other vegetables, unfortunately, did not survive this heat. Same here. Do you, is there a show or a book or anything that you want to recommend? I really enjoy a British comedy show called Taskmaster, which is on YouTube. <laughs> My husband and I watch a lot of that. Okay. And we can find it on, on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's just kind of silly. Uh, comedians doing silly tasks. Very easy to turn on and off and not not get too bogged down by the drama. It's easy to watch and low stress. Since you see a lot of drama in real life, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priyanka, before we wrap up, what inspires you to do what you do? Um, I really, I really like the moments of personal connection. So when uh, parents come in, a lot of times, you know, coming to the emergency department is not where people want to be really. And they are often really stressed. And when I can do something to make someone feel better, even if it's just an explanation of what they can do at home, um, I really enjoy those moments. And I also really love playing with babies. And I get to do that every day. Nice. University Hospital Pediatric ER Dr. Priyanka Condal, thank you so much for being here today on Pediatrics Now. Thanks again for having me. Can we have you back sometime soon again, hopefully? course. Joining me today is Jeff Hulse. His son passed away in 2008 in June. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me here today on Pediatrics Now. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. I think it's really wonderful what you all are doing 
Now, your son, tell can you walk us through? I know it's so hard to talk about, and I am so sorry for your loss, and I want to thank you for talking to us. Sure, Holly, and, and thank you for your words. Um, as you and your listeners can imagine, it is very difficult talking about my son's drowning, but I know in doing so, we can definitely help save lives. There's There's things that were very common about Colin's drowning that other people can can use to uh, prevent their families from going through the same tragedy. But you, you started off with an important point. I mean, it's this time of year. We have already in Texas alone had have had over 45 drownings. And there's always an uptick starting in the month of June. That's when we really see the most number of drownings. That's when Colin drowned. That's when um, Kids are being let out of school, schedules are changing, uh, families are starting to go around the water again uh, for the first time that year. And sadly, that's when we see the most number of drownings. It's always important to talk about water safety, but it's especially important this time of the year because uh, this is when we see that the most number of drownings. Colin was, um, he hit so many marks on, uh, Kind of the commonalities with drowning he was a male we do see slightly more drownings for males um he was in that critical age bracket colin was four and a half and as i i know i've heard you state before on the podcast drowning is the number one cause of unintentional death for children between the ages of one and four, one and four and it was so frustrating uh, for myself and my wife and family to hear that for the first time after losing our son Colin to drowning. It was, it was information that was already readily known. It was out there, but people, uh, my circle and most people have encountered just aren't aware of that information. So our goal in starting Colin's Hope is not to scare people away from water. Um, it's the complete opposite. We want them to go to the lakes, the pools, the rivers, have an incredibly fun, safe time, but to get home safely. And your your son, Colin, had just finished swim lessons, his the course completion the day before, correct? That's right. In fact, um, that was an annual activity for, for our family. Um, Colin has an older sister. She's two years older. And every summer we would start with swim lessons and swim lessons are such a crucial part of water safety. They're one of the, the layers of protection that we talk about. But one thing I would like to highlight um, to your listeners is, you know, the swim lessons as important as they are, it does introduce this, this kind of window of opportunity for for drownings in the sense that you may take a child who was innately cautious around water. Well, with those swim lessons, they're starting to become more confident around water. And that's not just true for the children, but even for the parents. We were certainly starting to become more comfortable um, with Colin around water. And that's an opportunity that you just cannot overlook uh, children under the age of four can learn crucial, important water safety um, survival tips. They can start to learn swimming, but at, at that age, they're just not strong enough to be proficient 
strong swimmers. And really the initiative, in, in, in my opinion and in hindsight, is start introducing them to the water, um, teaching them swim lessons, but don't forget to focus on uh, the water safety aspects. If they fall into the pool, teach them, make sure they learn how to get out of the pool immediately, how to swim to the edge and, you know, call for help and, you know, ideally not even get into the, the, the pool in an unsafe um, position in the first place. And Jeff, so you and your wife, after this tragedy, you started the foundation Collins Hope and you directly provide resources for pediatric clinics. We do. In fact, this was was just brought to my attention um, recently, and I think it's, it's, it's great feedback that the wellness checks, which I, it was, it's been such a long time since I've been to a, a well check. Um, my daughter's now 21 and um, it's been a long time. So I don't remember everything that thing that was covered. I'm sure water safety was something our pediatrician did talk to us about, but it's the feedback that I received is the timing of that information is so important because especially for new parents, they are bombarded with so much information. The first well check, it's, it's important probably to bring up water safety and drowning prevention, but that's before the age of one. That's before the statistics really start to kick in for um, when the most number of drownings occur. So although it should be talked about early on, there's a lot of other things that are probably more important for parents to hear initially but come the age of one and two and those older ages that's when it's just so important in my mind to really start to reinforce with the parents the importance of water safety and just discuss with them and make sure they're aware of the the dangers which we all are but none of us think drowning will happen to us my, my wife and i we grew up in the in the, uh, South Texas on the coast. We loved going to beaches, pools, avid swimmers. We never thought drowning would happen to us. And it did. And and most people are in that, that situation. They don't think it's going to impact them, but it can and it does. And so we need to start having those conversations at the, the appropriate times. And it started out at afternoon, like most people, you know, going to the pool with friends. It was a new pool that Colin hadn't been to before. I was reading on your website. Yes, and so we we do have, um, I, I highly encourage um, your listeners to go to www.collinshope.org. We have Colin's story there um, and just a wealth of information about water safety, um, lots of water safety tips, games, um, a quiz that uh, users will find very useful um, in, in just refreshers of information. But in Colin's case, in, in hindsight, there's really three things that just really stand out to me. And first and foremost is constant visual supervision on young kids. I mean, that's imperative. That is the first layer of protection. And there, there's a term I like to use and it's called stay in reach. And it's one step better than the, the constant visual supervision. And it's actually staying in reach with your child. And 
to me, that means being in the pools, playing with them. What what a better what better way is there to have a fun um, time with your child than actually be in the pool, playing with them, having them in that you know within reach at all times. That's how we're going to have prevent the most number of drownings. Now I know it's not always possible um, to be in the pool um, with your child to to stay in reach that closely. And so the next best thing is constant visual supervision. And those words are, are were picked very specifically because it's an active role. Uh, and it's so important not to become distracted. These drownings can happen so quickly um, while you're watching your child, while you're doing that constant visual supervision. Do not become distracted. Do not go to the front door to answer the door. Do not look down at your phone. Um, just do everything in your power not to get distracted because the drownings can happen so quickly and many times they're silent. So um, constant visual supervision is is first and foremost the most important thing. And and your precious son was he was in the shallow end, correct? He he was and he um, I think this goes back to kind of how he was building confidence and probably trying to, um, you know, test his swim abilities and pushing himself a little bit more. And I think he just um, ended up in a, in a deeper area that um, may or caused him to panic. And it went without being noticed um, by the parents, the friends that were there. And also this pool had a full deck of lifeguards and it was, it was a beautiful summer day no shortage of people at the pool that day and it's still Colin's drowning went unnoticed by everyone mm. I'm so sorry for your loss and part of your resources that you can provide to pediatric clinics there's a a card and a bracelet that has someone designated to watch the water it does and so the the term that we like to use for that is water watcher and that's the person that is doing the constant visual supervision and these cards that we, we make um, readily available um, to pediatricians anyone that um, can use them and hand them out is just a reminder to parents they they can actually wear this card around their wrist it's a uh, like a physical reminder that they are on duty they're not going to be distracted they're the ones watching the child or the children and it also has some important water safety information it has links to our website um, it talks about what to do in an emergency um, you know heaven forbid uh, aware of these these uh, cards has to um, encounter a drowning but if they do it, it talks about the importance of CPR I mean accidents can and will happen and so um, CPR is such an important life-saving lesson, hopefully, or uh, skill, and hopefully it's not needed, but you never know whose life you can save. It may be your child or it may be someone else's child at a pool that you just happen to be at. Is that the second thing you were going to mention? or The, the second one um, for me would have been a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. If we, we talked about Colin having taken swim lessons, um, but again, at that young age, they're just not um, strong swimmers. They're just they're just not strong enough to to be 
um, strong swimmers yet. And so if a parent or caregiver has any question at all in their mind, just put your child in a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. And it, it's so important that it's a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. We're not talking about water wings or floaties or toys that give a false sense of security, um, but an actual U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. And that will be noted on the, the life jacket. If it doesn't say that, then um, don't assume that it is. But if there's any doubt, put your kiddos in a life jacket, even at the pool, um, certainly in boats, rivers. Um, it's just, uh, it, it may be that one action that helps save a life. I, I was at a, a lake with a, a friend and um, and her daughter and my daughter and and their daughter as a reward could swim without the life jacket if she behaved herself, mm. which I was just shocked. So clearly that's not, a good thing <laughs> should not be a reward right and and i'm sure swim instructors other people might um take issue with with my words like i, I know wearing a life jacket may hinder a child from learning to swim or cause some some challenges that i'm not aware of but if colin had been in a life jacket he'd be alive today and i I just really feel it's important to to have that information and, and use it um, appropriately. But every parent needs to make their own decisions, what's right for their children. But if there's any doubt, I just highly recommend that U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. I think that's those are wise words, Jeff. And so what's the third thing you would like pediatricians to know? Uh, yes, thank you. The I, I wish as a family um, we had talked more about water safety. Uh, I'm sure it's something that came up. We probably um, certainly warned our children, you know, not to go to the pool or get in the water without us. But it wasn't like a main focal point conversation like so many other safety conversations uh, people have. You know, we talk about, you know, not touching a hot stove. Um, you know, always being in a car seat, always wearing a seat belt. And these are conversations that we, I feel like we're um, more apt to freely have those conversations, but I just don't know that water safety is a, a topic that a lot of families sit down and really cover thoroughly. And th that's, that's really the third thing that I wished that we had done as a family is just talked more openly about water safety hopefully had, had put some ideas in um, our children's minds that may have uh, made a difference for them, but it's certainly not up to the children to keep themselves safe. I think in having these conversations, it's a reminder to the parents what, um, what roles they can be taking and, and things they can be doing to really keep their children safe. I can't thank you enough for, for joining us here today and I thought it was, you know, I think it's so beautiful. I was reading on your webpage how Collins Hope is helping you to find light in the darkness. It, it's, it is doing that. We are saving lives. It's um, a small consolation in many times for us, but it's, uh, it's what Colin would have wanted. And we are, we are saving lives and, you know, the, the horrible thing about drowning, it is fast, it is silent, 
but it is preventable. It's just we have to put it on the forefront of our minds and we can help save lives. Where the most number of drownings occur is, is home pools. Um, it's important to know that drownings can can be happen anywhere. I mean, we hear stories, certainly bathtubs are a, a major concern, but it could be a puddle. It could be I mean, even buckets. Sadly, we've, we've had children drown just with a, a bucket that had water in it. But the, the home pools are um, where the most number of drownings occur. And um, I think a big part of it is because of the accessibility. Um, being at home is where we feel the most safe, but it's, it's also where we have this potential um, of drowning. And so at the pools themselves, there's need to be four-sided um, barriers. I mean, children should have no access to the pool um, without an apparent or caregiver, you know, giving them access. But the other important thing is to keep the pool picked up of toys. Um, you know, it may be that a child has, has no intention to get into the water, but their favorite toy, if it's left near the side of the pool, or, or maybe it's a, um, a ball or something that floats, the child may have no, no intentions of getting in the water, but they just want to get their toy. And so that's where we've, we've heard and, and seen occasions where, you know, a child will, will fall into the pool because they were just trying to get a, a toy. It, Colin was such an amazing um, child. I mean, he, he had a rough go initially. He had colic and many, many sleepless nights. Uh, my wife and I, um, it was so hard. And I know so many parents have been through that. But Colin had gotten over all of those difficult stages. And he was at such a fun precious time of his life and um colin was my best friend we loved to do everything together and it's it was just such uh earth-shaking just horrible moment when a, our perfectly happy healthy child was with us one morning and then the next day he's not mm. and i know any loss of life is is horrific but something like drowning that is so preventable just makes it that much harder to process. And um, we, we continue to do our work. Um, Colin is guiding us. He's lighting, he's, he is our light to, that's guiding us along this path. And through the, just the amazing time we had with Colin and the impact he had on us and everyone he met, He's continuing to, to save lives. Jeff, we thank you for sharing that story. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, we will put the resources, all of the information in the chat for this podcast. And I, I know you're helping a lot of families. So thank you so much for being here today on Pediatrics Now. Thank you, Holly. I, I always like to finish with something Colin used to say each and every day, and that is, have the best day ever. I love it. That's beautiful. Joining me now is Jennifer Poteet, the executive director of that nonprofit. She has a master's degree in health 
Transformation from Dell Medical School. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. Holly, thanks for having me. So our goal and our mission is to envision a world where children do not drown. We provide information for your family. We have resources, educational materials, and um, really fun learning lessons. And so we can talk about a little bit of those um, items, but most importantly, our website. So one place that I would love for your listeners to go is our website. It is called drowningispreventable.org. And it's a really fun website. Holly, when you go there, it has wonderful interactive lessons. They teach children about some behaviors that we want them to learn in early childhood. And those are things like waiting for an adult. We know that we teach children when they're walking across the street to wait for a parent and hold their hand. Well, the same thing when they're around water. So we live in Texas. We have pools in our backyards. We have community pools. We have all of these great places that we can go to escape this Texas heat. But we want to make sure that children know that it's not safe for them to go alone. So that's one of the first lessons in the Drowning is Preventable. We teach them to count. We do that by um, introducing the whole hand rule. So we have a rule for each of the fingers on your hand. Another one is making sure that you wear a life jacket. So Holly, I think you've been on vacation recently and you know that when you're in open water, it's murky, you can't see the bottom, you don't know how deep it is. So we teach children this really fun lesson. We kind of say it's, aren't you glad you wore your life jacket? And what it teaches is a scientific method of floating and sinking. So if you take an orange and you put it in a water tank, and you keep the, the um, peel on that orange, it will actually float. But guess what? If you take off your life jacket, AKA the peel, you're gonna sink. So there are videos in each of the lessons for drowningispreventable.org, and they teach these really fun interactive lessons. And so these are free, they're online, and they're in English and in Spanish. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Pediatrics Now. Click on the link for free credit if you're a practitioner. You can also email us with questions or episode ideas. That address is pediatricsnow at uthscsa.edu. We release a new episode every Friday. I'm Holly Wayment. I hope you can join us for our next episode. Thanks for listening.